Thank you for tuning in to a new episode of the Elevate Your Running Podcast. My name is Austin Myers. My co-host, who you will hear from in a moment, is Sarah Manderscheid. Today, we sit down to discuss burnout, what it is, and how we can take steps both proactively and within the moment or moments or, or time of struggle with burnout, how we can work against it and get ourselves out of that rut. We discuss the difference between general training fatigue that is going to be inevitable for all people who are pursuing a goal and are, are purposely allowing that stress that does promote growth to build up, how that general training fatigue differs from burnout. Burnout being something that we can't really work ourselves out of with the same strategies that it took to get ourselves there. So understanding that burnout is a possibility, but we're not always at burnout just because we feel like we are. Second thing we discuss is ways to identify burnout, how to properly identify whether you are in that state of burnout so that you can, third, overcome it. And when we discuss how to overcome it, we discuss the importance of things like freedom, allowing yourself to have fun with your training. Maybe you've been in a really structured position of training toward a goal, and you are just craving some sort of freedom. We discussed that. We also discussed three things that you need to clarify for yourself in all aspects of your life this year and beyond to ensure that you are in the best possible position to not only avoid burnout, but also succeed in the pursuit of big goals. So we hope that you enjoy this episode. If you do, let us know, share it with a friend, and have great running as we move through this first month of the new year. Episode 51 of the Elevate Your Running podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. My name is Austin Myers. I am your co-host. My partner is Sarah Manderscheid. Sarah, how are you this week? Hey, Austin. Happy New Year. How's it going? Doing really well. The energy is good. We have an awesome <laughs> podcast episode and year of podcasting ahead of us. So I know that we're both excited about that. One thing that we want to not change moving into the new year is our elevated moments. It's the way that we start every single episode. It's a way to celebrate some aspect of our lives that went well or is currently going well. And we believe that those elevated moments provide us with energy. So we hope that you reflect on your elevated moments as we share ours. Sarah, what is your elevated moment of the week? Yeah. Well, one, I'm doing great. I didn't answer that question in the beginning, but doing well. It's race week for the Elevate team and for their coach. I'm racing too. It's really exciting. We're heading down to Houston and um, it should be a really great weekend of connection, running, racing, all the things. Um, so I'm just really, really proud of the athletes who are racing this this uh, weekend. Um, so many great, strong, consistent training cycles. Um, I think there's about 15 athletes total. So it should be a really great party. 
um, and also a celebration of running because it's, you know, what I define race morning as a celebration of all the hard work that you got to put in during training. And um, I'm also just really excited what I get to create in the half marathon distance this year. I had a short but effective training cycle. I think I trained for about eight weeks and um, I'm training at altitude and I'm hitting goal pace at altitude, which feels really great. So as long as the Houston humidity can just stay at bay, um, it should be a strong, it should be a strong morning and uh, a breakthrough race for me. But ultimately, I'm falling back on my performance standards as an athlete and, you know, running strong, running happy and not giving up during the 13.1. And if I can do that, I'm winning. So with yeah. that, um, yeah, it should be a great weekend. Um, Austin, what about you? What is your elevated moment of the week? Yeah, both of us this week will be on the topic of running. And I'm really happy you you mentioned performance standards. It's something that we've discussed and maybe not put a name to in like the majority of our episodes as a podcast. And then having on Dr. Justin Ross and kind of getting that name attached to it has really helped us to, you know, make it an important topic of conversation, performance standards, the way that you kind of look at your performance beyond simply the outcome, something we'll get into later in this episode. But on the topic of running and my elevated moment, uh, I am currently a little over three weeks. I think I'm really bad with time, but uh, getting closer and closer to my first 100-mile ultra marathon. It is on February 4th in Huntsville, Texas, the Rocky Raccoon 100. And the elevated moment of this is just the recent training and the fact that I went into this prep not wanting to follow a structured plan or try to find someone to help walk me through it. I went into this prep wanting to do it for myself and really think about what's going well, what do I need to do, and kind of problem solving for myself throughout the process. A lot of things I feel like have fallen into place really well for me. Uh, and I think that's the elevated moment of this is just kind of seeing my growth as a as a runner, but also seeing the moments that I've made adjustment adjustments for myself, it has worked out. So that's empowered me as well. Um, but it's been a successful training cycle, getting closer and closer to the race day. We'll discuss it more as we near and and as I have the opportunity to recap the race, but uh, it's been a really fun experience so far, and now it's just kind of shifting gears and thinking about race day strategy here pretty soon. Woo, it's so exciting. And, you know, taper is always uh, a love. It, it's it's like a bittersweet moment, at least for some athletes. Some athletes really lean into that taper. Some athletes really don't want to taper. I'm excited for you because you've put in a lot of hard work, and I think there's something so beautiful around like you went into this, not really knowing what was going to happen, right? You didn't technically have a plan. You're not working with someone. You went into this and you're like, we're just going to see how this goes. And you kind of gave over the control aspect of just letting things happen and yeah. seeing how things evolved and developed. And, you know, you're in incredible shape. It's really fun to see you in peak week. And I'm really excited to see what happens on February 4th. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. And really well said on that. Uh, yeah, it was 
you know, just embracing the fact that this is something that scared me and still does scare me, even though I do feel very prepared <laughs> for it. Um, and just trusting that, like, I'm going to figure it out. And honestly, like the experience that I've had, I would, I would recommend that people tackle something like that um, at some point in their lives, maybe even this year to just say, like, I know I'm not prepared or, you know, maybe I don't know the roadmap to get to this goal, but I'm going to let myself figure it out. It's a very empowering thing to do for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. It can build a lot of momentum too into other areas of your life that can kind of fill your cup maybe in ways that you didn't know they needed to be filled. And that's really cool too. And um, it's just so exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we have great episode on tap today. We're going to talk about burnout. Now, Sarah and I had a good laugh before we started recording <laughs> this episode because I said, you know, burnout's a very weird topic to discuss in the second week of the new year. Because we don't really think about burnout at this point of the year. We're excited about our goals, we're ready to get into it, and we're probably taking a lot of action towards those goals. However, burnout or at least the feelings that we associate with burnout are real and they will probably be felt by you at some point throughout this new year. As you pursue a goal or as you just go about your daily life and stress builds up a little bit in all of the areas that you're responsible for in your life, from running to family to work to just trying to find some free time for yourself those feelings when we can't like fulfill everything that we want to do and be that I feel like is when burnout can come into play. So we're going to talk about burnout in a few different ways today. First and foremost, we'll lead with the idea that are you burnt out or are you just fatigued and are you just stressed? And can we address that issue as opposed to thinking about burnout as a whole? From there, we'll discuss ways to identify if you are burnt out, like, okay, maybe this is worse than just a day or a week's worth of fatigue. So how can we identify and then potentially put a name to burnout? And then finally, if we get, if you get to that point where you do feel like you're burnt out, you feel like you've kind of diagnosed that aspect of where you're at. We can talk about and we will talk about how to overcome that burnout. So let's go back to the top and let's discuss the difference between general fatigue and burnout. And Sarah, I'll call on you for this to at least get us started on this conversation. What do you feel like as both coach and athlete, you feel like is the separation between general fatigue and burnout? Yeah, I mean, they can look very similar, right? Um, but it's really knowing the difference between the two and knowing yourself and knowing what you're doing and what you're capable of, and then aligning with one way or the other in terms of how you're showing up. So with uh, just general training fatigue, general training, training fatigue really just depends on how hard you're pushing yourself, right? And your goals. So this could mean in a general training cycle for any training cycle, or just for any athlete, you could be in base phase too. But generally, I see this more common in, you know, a heavier part of a training cycle. So it could be um, the training block before peak, or it could be during 
the peak um, training block where you have the fatigued legs. Oh my gosh, we have to have fatigued legs as, as runners, right? If we don't have fatigued legs during training, we're not doing the training right because ultimately whether you're running a 5K to the marathon or in Austin's case, the ultra marathon, you need to have an experience of fatigued legs legs and training to understand one, what it's going to feel like, and two, to have the, the benefits of the taper later on into the training cycle. So fatigued legs are something I think we're all familiar with. We have that fatigued mind. How many times do we wake up and maybe you're a morning runner, evening runner, lunchtime runner, wherever you fall, it's like, I just don't want to put the running shoes on and get out the door. I just want to sleep for a little bit longer, or I want to spend time with my family. I think one that's very, very common, if you find that you fall into this, um, or maybe it's really tough to flow through a workout and your mind's just not in it, know that you're not alone. And every single person has days like this. I fall into this as well. I think there was a run it might have been the second day of the new year where I didn't want to go for my eight mile run. I had to and got to run on the treadmill and I just was not feeling it. And it took me all morning to get out the door, but nevertheless, I did it. I think we can all fall into that. And this could happen, maybe the fatigued legs, the fatigued mind over the course of a few days. I think where we need to say, oop, slow your roll, what's going on is when it's more than a few days or Maybe you have a recovery week and a training cycle and you come back from it and your motivation is still low. Your mind is still fatigued. You still have the fatigued legs. There isn't that like joy that you once had. Um, your body might be sore um, and it might not be recovering as fast. So that can be kind of the differentiator of like how long has it been happening and I also want to note, like, you know, with training and being in a training cycle, there's definitely things that we get to do to be proactive about, right? We get to get our sleep, we get to stretch, and we get to hydrate and fuel our body really well. So anytime, at least in my experience, like anytime an athlete comes to me expressing this, or I'm in it myself, and I'm feeling like, gosh, my legs just aren't responding or my mind's a little foggy or I'm really, really tired today. It First and foremost, I go back to hydration and nutrition. How much am I drinking? How many electrolytes am I getting? And making sure I'm doing all the ways that I, all the things that I can do to set myself up for success before kind of like diagnosing myself with, oh my gosh, this has been happening for three days. It's burnout. So you get to also understand who you are as an athlete too in all of this. But if you feel like on top of, you know, having a fatigued mind, fatigued legs, that the joy is gone and you're not filling your cup and it's something that you have to do, like the womp womp have to do this versus I get to do this. I'm training. I'm really excited for the race. I understand that there's going to be days that don't feel well or feel good. Um, but generally like, I'm still really excited. That's going to be kind of like that needle mover too, of whether you're fatigued, that joy is still kind of there or that burnout of this is absolutely not fun at all. And I think it's really important to also consider, you know, what burnout kind of looks like if we were to, to paint the picture of it and 
you know, how it happens. It's really that um, if you imagine a scale balancing on two ends and, and one end you have stress and one end you have rest. And it's like, if you are always pushing down the end of stress in all areas of your lives, which is really easy to do in a fast moving world where we have goals that we want to achieve and we want to show up for every person in our lives. And we feel like they're holding us to a specific standard on top of the standard we already hold on ourselves. We're constantly push, pushing down the end of the scale that represents stress. And when you do that, then we can kind of shift the picture to a car. It's like, well, if you never fill up your car with fuel, fuel being rest and rejuvenation, both physical and psychological, then you're going to run out of gas. And that's really what we're talking about when we discuss burnout is you're out of gas. And, and the only way to alleviate that issue is to then lean towards the end of the scale that is rest and recovery, both, again, physical and psychological. So just understanding that, you know, there are signs leading into this that are there. Now, it's important to understand that not every sign of burnout means that you are immediately burnt out. You don't necessarily have to jump all the way to one end of the spectrum to say that you are now burnt out because of that. So, you know, when we're discussing burnout, we are not discussing being bored or the day-to-day -day activities that you do being mundane. We're not discussing the fact that maybe you're tired today and you just don't feel like doing it. Those are normal feelings. You don't have to feel bad yeah. for those things. But it's really important to understand that if you have a goal and you're working toward it, you know, I like to address like that week one, day one feeling, which doesn't have to be week one, day one, but really just that feeling of like, this is my goal. I'm excited to work toward it. I'm willing to do whatever I need to do to sacrifice for that goal. That's that feeling that goes away. It's not there the majority of the time. But it's really easy to fool ourselves into believing that if we're not motivated, motivated is such a big word in, in you know, fitness and physical endeavors where it's like, well, I'm not motivated today. So what do I do? You rely on your discipline. And discipline is doing something that you don't want to do. It's doing the seemingly mundane or boring thing, which maybe for this example is like heading out on an easy run. You know, if there's a few days over the course of a week or two weeks where you just don't want to go out and do your run, that might just be a reality of pursuing a goal where you have to do the thing that you don't want to do if the goal is big enough to be willing to sacrifice. Now, burnout being different, like Sarah, you outlined burnout very well. It's it's really a compounding feeling of mental and physical fatigue. And it's more than simply not wanting to do something. So being able to identify that difference is really crucial and not jumping to the conclusion of being burnt out because then really what is the what is the resolution there you know like okay you've identified that you're burnt out but if you're always identifying that you're burnt out what are you telling yourself when you set a new goal you're probably telling yourself well at some point along this process i'm going to drop off of the goal because i get burnt out 
So don't identify as the person who gets burnt out. Identify as the person who, as we'll kind of provide some practical aspects of this here shortly, who finds the solution and overcomes the challenges that you face. Yeah, absolutely. Like you don't want to develop patterns that put you in this position, right? So it's doing everything that you can do to be successful, to not get to that point. And it might be adjusting the goal. It might be slowing your role in training. It might be taking extra rest days. I think one of the biggest things I want to see as a coach is like athletes advocating for themselves on what they need and what they want. Because as a coach, I'm looking at the end goal, right? We talked about X goal. I'm going to give you the best plan to get you there. I'm going to lift you high. I'm also going to hold you accountable to that plan. But I also need to know if it's not working and if it doesn't align and if things have shifted. And, you know, Austin, you were a great example over the summer of like leading into New York, you had this amazing goal and hey, life happened. And you, instead of trying to push through it, which I think we both know now looking back probably would not have been good. Like you decided to shift your goal and do something different and still create a lot of magic during that training cycle, a lot of magic in New York City uh, during the race and a lot of magic now as you head into a hundred mile ultra and you set yourself up for success. And I think that is a really powerful thing as a human when you get to do that once or you feel like you've done and accomplished something like that once that you can continue to build on that type of momentum versus the, I'm always burning myself out because it's not a fun place to be. We all know stress is stress. And like Austin said, stress is coming in from all different areas of your life. So if you really are incorporating a higher volume of training, the workouts are more, um, they're, you know, intense, they're getting longer. You have a lot of more time of time on feet. That is ultimately like going to provide a lot of extra stress to your body. So you want to make sure that the scale is as balanced as possible, like as best as it can be, because we know no one's perfect. No one has this figured out, but if you can just find that balance and it could be saying like, Hey, neighbor, I need your help. Hey, coach, I need your help. Hey spouse, I need your help. Or, you know, in my case, I've been asking my athletes for help over the last few months of like, Hey, let's, um, let's rework a few things to help me create some space in my day. So I feel like I'm putting the oxygen mask on first and we can all start to up level together a little bit faster. Um, so know that it's something that you can control. And I think that's one of the coolest things too, is like, so often we talk about the things that you can control versus not control in a training cycle and in a race. And this is something that can definitely be controlled as long as you're paying attention to the signs. Yeah. And I, I find the the definition that I found on burnout is very interesting. And I'll, I'll explain why I find it interesting and important for us to understand. So the definition is this, a state of physical or emotional exhaustion. So we've already dis discussed the idea that it's more than physical, it's more than emotional as well. So physical or emotional exhaustion that also involves a sense of reduced accomplishment and loss of personal identity. And I think that end part there is really important. The idea that you can have a sense 
in a, a sense, the perception, your perception, your perspective of reduced accomplishment. So not reality. It's not reality that you are no longer doing good work, something that you six months ago may have been really proud of. But your perception is that you're not accomplishing at the level that you want to. And mm -hmm. we talk about it through this lens all the time because we identify as this for high performing people, for high performing people, people who want to continue to level up in their lives, their running, their personal life, everything. You want to feel like you're accomplishing like 24 seven, but you can't. And your perception, as we kind of tip the scale towards burnout, your perception is that you are no longer accomplishing. So that's really discouraging. And then the other part is the loss of personal identity and not feeling like yourself for an extended period of time. Really important and really hard to deal with when you do tip the scale in that direction. And that is, you know, a part of burnout that's hard to get out of when you don't feel like yourself and you don't know what the next steps are. So understanding that reduced accomplishment, loss of personal identity, if that's your feeling, that's beyond not wanting to do the work on a given day. That's deeper and more psychological, but it does also stem from the stress created from physical training. Yeah, and that can be kind of the umbrella overlooking the burnout situation, right? And I know when you have that sense of like, or when you feel disconnected from yourself, that's a really scary thing. And if you're aware of it, it's a very, um, it the, the path is unknown and that can feel really worrisome. And I feel like if, if you are an athlete who is feeling that, um, you know, finding, finding the joy again and, you know, going back to the things that bring you joy and the why and all of that. We'll get into that later on how to overcome burnout. But we, I do want to identify other ways to identify burnout or talk about ways to identify burnout in a sense of like the micro level. So like the day to day. So we talked about the fatigue that you can't seem to recover from, right? It's like that compounding fatigue that just continually builds up. Um, but also know that that fatigue, whether it's in the legs or in the mind, you know, doing the best that you can do to also combat that because in training, that is a piece to training. So you get to also recover really hard and that could be foam rolling the um, Norma tech boots. They have a travel version um, that I have. That's great. It's like maybe one eighth of the cost and, um, and they're great. They just fit right on your calves and they're super awesome. So if it's something that you're leaning into and you can't necessarily afford the boots, the travel version are great, but like Epsom salt baths are great. You know, making sure that you are sleeping, you're hydrating a hundred ounces of water is kind of my general guideline for everyone. But if you live at altitude and if you live in really humid areas of the country, you might want to bump that up to like 115 and make sure that you're including electrolytes. That's going to be a huge component to it. Um, and also making sure that you are eating well and making sure that a lot of your calories and your nutrition are really bookending 
your workouts and your long runs. And then when you're going out for those easy runs, that can have a little bit more of a relaxed approach. But that is one of the the biggest things that can kind of help that fatigue. Um, but if you have that overarching compounding fatigue, you'll know that you're trending towards that burnout phase. You'll also have that inability to hit paces or complete your workouts. Now, I think it's, you know, it's very common in training rule of thirds, right? You're not always going to hit paces, but what you want to do is making sure that you are completing the workouts and sometimes you have to adjust. And that's one of the great things. One of the best things that I love about one, being able to coach my athletes, some of my athletes in person, but then also getting coached in person is two weeks ago, I had a cold and I had a really hard workout. What did I have? I had a 5k at 5k pace. It was like a 5k time trial and I couldn't breathe. So I couldn't do the workout and we were able to shift into something that did work out. But if you're finding that you're consistently not able to hit the paces and consistently not able to complete the workouts because of fatigue, um, then that's going to also be, you know, a burnout flag that's waving pretty high and pretty strong. You're also going to have the inability to maintain paces that you've previously hit in other training cycles. Um, but also know that if you're coming back from racing, you get to give yourself grace from that. Not every day is going to be linear in training either. And I think we all know that some days we feel great. Yesterday I had a great run. I was running super strong, easy, smooth. And today I'm like, Ooh, my legs feel like bricks. And that's part of it. But if you start to have that compounding inability to maintain paces, you know, you've kind of hurt or hit that burnout wall again. And I think that an important point to make based off of the conversation you were just having there, Sarah, is that, and this is against like common knowledge, but I believe that the more experience you have, so the more time that you've been doing something, the less likely you are to reach a state of burnout. And I'm going to explain that because you may think, well, the longer you're doing something, you're going to get burnt out at some point. However, this is kind of building off of our conversation with Nell Rojas in our last episode and just hearing the way that she kind of discussed the mental side of approaching her training. And we really got into like, you know, you're running high volume weeks in a marathon prep. You're also strength training. You're also a run coach. How do you avoid like those feelings of too much stress and burnout? And I think that it, all stems from having realistic expectations with what you are doing and what you're pursuing. So Mm -hmm. the longer and more experienced that you are in a specific area, the more you're able to clarify those expectations, you're able to understand what stems from the work that you're going to be doing. And when we have those realistic expectations, we can properly prepare to combat them. And we can we can take the steps that are necessary to be able to combat the stress that's going to build. And when we combat it appropriately, that doesn't mean that we don't feel the stress, but we work against it and we work with it, honestly. Like we talked about, you have to be stressed. You at least have to stress the body. And you have to stress the mind in order to make it grow. So stress is going to be there. It needs to be there. So work with it. 
work with it by being able to identify those patterns, pattern recognition of what it feels like and what it looks like in your life when the stress builds and then work with it by having those realistic expectations and being properly prepared to combat it. And when you can do that, you can work with the stress and ultimately fulfill that growth equation that we've talked about. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, some other ways to identify burnout too, just really quickly, there's insomnia, foggy brain, lack of motivation or desire to run multiple days in a row. Um, You know, weather can be a caveat to this too. In Colorado, we've had a lot of snow and ice and really very little sun, which is so unlike Colorado. So it feels more like the Midwest over the last few weeks. And I'm from the Midwest. So, um, you know, I definitely love and appreciate everything that those states offer. And yet the weather is horrible. So anyways, you know, a lot of Colorado athletes over the last few weeks have felt like this lack of motivation to get out because it's been really cold. It's been snowy and icy. And we're just not used to that. We're not used to running on a treadmill or maybe needing to to skip days or getting out on different times of the day. And it's kind of throwing everyone off. So just kind of know and and balance that out too. Is it the lack of motivation or desire to run multiple days in a row because of like weather or you have a niggle or is it really because you just don't want to get out the door? And I'll also say like the lack of motivation at the start of a race. Like I think I've been pretty open about like my first marathon training cycle and I worked with Nell and it was it was a lot like and it was because my goal was a lot right like I came to her I'd run like a 139 half and came to her and I said I want to be cute and I needed a 330 and we were going to CIM we had 12 weeks to prepare and I was running 25 maybe 30 miles at the start and we got up to 62 miles in a week I had doubles I had four 20 mile runs. And this is someone who like casually went into that casually ish went into that 140 half marathon, like running maybe three days a week. I think I got up to 10 miles in the long run. You know, I like did that, like, you know, what everyone does with not everyone, but most people find with the half marathon training cycle. It's like, Oh yeah, if I get to 10, it's totally fine. I think everyone listening who has run a half marathon has at least done that one. And, um, that's where I was as, as an athlete in 2018 and, um, and then going into 2019 and, and having and partnering with Nell, I mean, there was definitely some lack of motivation towards the end. I was definitely tired. My body was definitely like trying to figure it out. I was really trying to figure out the nutrition, which was not, I mean, I, I feel like with every training cycle, we can all do a little bit better in all these areas. So I was starting from like ground zero there. And um, I remember thinking at the start of the race, like I just want this race to be over and that doesn't feel good, right? That's not a good place to be. And in the last 10K, the way I, like what I told myself to motivate myself to get through the end and I ran consistent splits. I think I like, I was running between 745 and 750 pace for miles, like two through the end. I told myself, you don't have to run again a day in your life. Just finish this run, right? (laughs) Like just get it done. Now I did take some time off after that training cycle 
Um, I didn't run a whole lot leading into the Houston half, which was five weeks later. And, you know, I ran an incredible PR there and, um, you know, still took a few months after that (laughs) to get back into it, even with the pandemic hitting. Um, So, you know, I share that story because one, it's an example of lack of motivation at the start of a race or lack of motivation or desire to run, but also know that like, Austin and I have been in this, we're human, we're right here with you. Like we, I think have all kind of experienced this in some way, shape or form along the the journey of running. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that story. I love, <laughs> this is, I mean, this is a whole strategy that runners use professional runners. I've heard basically telling themselves you never have to run a day in your life. If you just run this last 10 K of the marathon at your goal pace. And it's like, that's their career. It works. So it does work. And I I have a feeling I'm going to be telling myself that for uh, at least a few of the miles of Rocky raccoon. But you know, the interesting thing about that story is that it was your first marathon and you had been running for a few years, correct? Yeah, since 2017 okay. consistently at that point. I took a break between 2010 and 2017, running like at Orange Theory in those years. Mm-hmm. Nothing nothing a lot, yeah. So you, you weren't necessarily new to running. However, you were jumping into your first marathon. And I think that's valuable to understand because now here you are training for what number marathon now? Four or five? It's my fifth. Fifth. There was a sneaky one in there that a lot of people forget because I turned around <laughs> after Boston and had a bright idea to run another marathon. Yeah. Uh, highly don't recommend doing that. Yeah. So, you know, you're you're going to run the Houston half later yeah. this week. You are going to then transition into prep for the Boston Marathon being your fifth marathon. This is important because you had not to the extent that you have now clarified your purpose for why you wanted to run a marathon. And I think that, you know, we don't need to be relying on motivation. We need to be relying on why we want to do it to a deeper level. Like, what is the purpose? What is the why? We've talked about this many times in the first year of our podcast, because that is what's going to pull you through those tough moments. That's what's going to fuel the work necessary to do the little things and take pride in the little things. Because if we can take pride in the little actions, because we know how much we care about the goal that we're working toward, that is going to help pull you through those moments where you feel like you're leaning toward burnout, but you know what you want. You're identifying with the person who shows up and overcomes challenges and does the hard work and then proves to yourself how strong you are. That's where all of the purpose comes into play. But when you don't have that, it's really easy to fall victim to the stress that's ultimately going to build up. Yeah, definitely. So let's discuss now that we've kind of addressed what burnout is how to identify it. Let's say that an athlete is there and they're like, okay, I I think I'm in a position that I can't necessarily dig myself out of 
with the same tactics that I've been using to get myself to this point. You know, you're not going to just work through it. I need to find some new strategies to implement. How can we overcome burnout and the physical and mental stress that has kind of gotten to a boiling point? And now we need to to get ourselves out so that we continue because we still love running. And I think that's the important thing. Just because you're burnt out does not mean that you don't love the thing that you got burnt out on. Mm -hmm. You still do. You just have to, to reignite that fire, right? So let's talk about the physical first. Sarah, I'm going to let you take the lead on the physical of how can we overcome it from a physical uh, approach? And then we can kind of carry that into the psychological approach of burnout as well. Yeah, I mean, good news is that you can overcome it. And I think that's really important to understand is that you're not going to feel like this forever. Um, and that's a really, I mean, I'm a great example, right? If I was like slightly burnt out after CIM or, or burnt out after CIM, and here I am, I'm running my fifth marathon. I'm so excited to run most days. I'm running my most mileage ever. And, um, and it's also like to point out that I think something that's important to note is like, if you are going through a first training cycle of a new distance to you, and that can be for any distance that a lot of times your body is going through something that you're never really going to go through again, because it's adapting to the training that you've never had before. So you're starting at this whole new foundation when you go into a second training cycle. And, you know, I coached a lot of athletes this year who ran their first marathon and it was like, okay, yes, you will still be sore after long runs and you know, you'll, your body will still be tired, but it will be different. And if anyone has run more than one half, 10K, 5K, full, whatever the distance is, you know what I'm talking about. Like it does feel different and it feels a little bit easier each time, which is why every training cycle gets to be a little more up the ante to stress your body in a new, creative, different way. But if you find yourself in this burnout stage and you still want to run, Maybe you're in the middle of a training cycle, or maybe it's because, you know, you do find some, you do want to get out the door and have that movement. Um, you can reduce the number of days that you're running. You can totally take out all workouts. You can reduce the long run down. I mean, six to eight, 10 miles um, is great. Or maybe take the long run out altogether. You can all... You can take all of your running down to easy running and just go out for jogs on whatever day you want. Sometimes it's the, the, the schedule that upsets athletes, you know, like I have this structured schedule, which, you know, most athletes are type A. So like type A athletes love a schedule, but some athletes find it overwhelming or overbearing at times. And I can totally see that. Um, so sometimes it can be like, let's just take the schedule out and you do you. And maybe it's saying like, let's commit or let's not even commit to a certain number of days of running a week. It gets to be different for everyone because everyone's going to be at a different stage of this burnout. Um, and so you get to kind of do what's going to actually fill your cup the most. And, you know, everyone's going to be different. So you also get to remind yourself of the running why, like the North Star why are you getting out the door? Why do you want to do this? Does it relieve stress? 
Does it bring you joy when it is more, you know, neutralized? Um, is there a goal that you're trying to seek? And, you know, going back to, you know, your why, like, I like to think about like, just dropping into your heart and like asking yourself, like, what do you want? And that's yeah. going to say a lot. I love that you, you tied freedom in there a little bit. At least that's yeah. what I took from it. Yeah. I, I think that was a big part of it for me um, in deciding to kind of shift gears a few months ago instead of really being strict with myself about training for the New York City Marathon. It's it's funny, like one of my sticking points of training each week was like the workout. And I just didn't want to feel tied down to paces. And honestly, I didn't want to feel tied down to much of a structure at all. And, but I did know that I wanted to keep running and I knew that I wanted to commit to something hard that scared me that would require effort to work toward. And that's why I settled on the ultra marathon because there's a little bit more freedom within that training. I've actually had these conversations with people who decided to train for an ultra marathon and maybe had experience training for a marathon in the past is they're like, yeah, it's just, it's just more simple. You go out and you run for a period of time. And that's like really the overarching point of your training is you just need to have time on feet. You're certainly like, I've had specific days in this training cycle where I'm like, I need to run minimum this far because I need to get my body to adapt. But I've felt a greater sense of freedom in this type of training. And that really helped me discovering that freedom Mm -hmm. and embracing the fact that I needed that freedom helped me to, I think, avoid the burnout. And, and I'm afraid that if I would have gone toward that burnout, I would have gotten to the point where I didn't want to run, but I never got to that point because I made the adjustment before it got too bad, before it boiled over too much. Absolutely. And I'm a, such a big believer in when athletes race that we get to take rest days and I get a lot of pushback from athletes on this. And if you're running a marathon, like congratulations, you just earned yourself a full week off. That's right. A full week off. I don't want any running because ultimately if you have like a hefty racing cycle, if you're running a lot of halves and if you're running two or three fulls in a year, um, you know, three marathons in 12 months can happen if you're, um, well, if you're elevate athlete, Denise, she ran four last year, but that's a whole nother story. But like, you know, three, you can realistically do if you run a fall spring and then another fall. Um, but you really want to have that full week off. And then something that my coach Nell has been doing with um, her athletes, and it's something I've adapted into my practices. Let's take the next week. So this is the second week after a big race and it gets to be unstructured. So there's going to be a few days of running. You get to decide if it happens on that day or if you shift it around, or maybe you don't want to do it at all. I, that's fine. I don't care because at that point, your body is well on its way to recovery. I'm more concerned about the mind at that point and like having some downtime to be able to do other things before you get into another training block. Like I'm guilty of like going from like one race to the next to the next, right? Like I have Houston this weekend. 
um, January 15th. I get a week and then I have 12 weeks of Boston training. And according to Nell, that's all I'll need, which means it's going to be hard. And like, that's something that you need to have that downtime for, particularly mentally in that second week. So if you are going into another training cycle quickly, that your mind has time to relax and has time to focus on other things before you get back into running and having a schedule. And particularly, Austin, like you mentioned, those workouts, those weekday workouts, ooh, they can be so hard to wrap your mind around if you're running on empty. Let yourself be a little hungry out there. And and what I mean by that is like make yourself put yourself in a position where you want it. And an example of that is kind of the way that I've structured my training the past two weeks. I've gotten myself on the treadmill a little bit and I'm doing that to kind of take some load off my legs, but still hit the mileage that I want to hit. So on those days when I run on the treadmill and I'm not necessarily, I'm not the type of person who hates the treadmill. Honestly, I kind of like it uh, for a specific purpose, but I find that let's say that I run outside like my daily run is outside. I really enjoy running the same route every day, same time. I love that the lighting's the same. Like I love that structure. So when I get on the treadmill, I may have a good run on the treadmill that day. I may enjoy being on the treadmill and listening to a podcast or something like that. However, when I get outside the next day or even the night before, I go back to my normal running route. I want it a little bit more. Like Mm -hmm. I took the thing that I love away and I made myself want it. And Mm -hmm. to me, that's like combating the burnout because you discover your love for that thing when you don't have it. And I think it's really important to have because we always give ourselves what we love until we burn out. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I love, we are totally aligned on this. So like most days I love the treadmill too. I am so, well, I'm not sorry everyone, but this is true (laughs) because it is really nice to just like lock in a pace and you can like work on mental strategy for sure, but you can like, just kind of like let your mind relax. You know, when I'm running outside, I'm constantly watching for cars, bikes, Mm -hmm. people, definitely other runners. And you know, making sure I'm not falling. And um, it absolutely creates this like disruption in your training in a good way of like, you want to get outside. Like yesterday I got to run outside um, by myself for the first time in like over a week. And I was just so excited. I had my path picked out because it has been icy here. So I had a path that wasn't as icy and I was just really, really excited to do it. And I think that's important to note, like, you know, for CIM training for me in, in 2019, and I see this with athletes a lot, and I get we are all very busy. And I was, you know, working full time in, in 2019 in an office, not that I don't work full time now, but in an office where I, you know, had a commute. Um, I had to be in the office at a certain time every day. I was a girls on the run coach. Um, and I had a lot of obligations kind of outside of that, along with marathon training for my first marathon build. And I would run the exact same route every single day. Why? Because it was easy because I didn't have to think about it. And I was so busy in my life. It was just like, I would tell myself when the alarm went off at four 30, like just roll out of bed, put your shoes on and just start running. Mm-hmm. 
And I think when you have that, like that routine, although it can be so great in so many different ways, a lot of times it can be detrimental because you're just doing the exact same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. I've, uh, I've had a lot of moments in the past 12 to 18 months where I'll, I'll go through a period of time and it's almost like every third month or so I'm like, man, like what just happened? Like time just time flies when you have your head down and you're working. And I, I don't, um, regret those moments of working hard, but I think it's important to look up and understand what you truly love and where your priorities truly lie. Uh, yeah. maybe we're, maybe we're getting a little bit off topic, but I do think it's important. I think it's really important to look within when you talk about burnout, um, because that's where it starts. Like that's where it's, it's simmering and you just don't feel it until something physical happens. At least that's my experience with it. So, you know, as we kind of get near the end of this episode, I do want to encourage all of our listeners to clarify three things, clarify three things for this year of your life whether it be in training or whether it be in any other aspect of your life. First and foremost, clarify your purpose. Clarify why you are pursuing what you're pursuing and why you're doing what you're doing. Second, clarify your performance standards. If you need more information on performance standards, we have a recent episode with Dr. Justin Ross. He discusses performance standards. I view them as like the personal expectations that you have for yourself mm -hmm. and the way that you want to represent yourself, regardless of the outcome that's taking place or regardless of what the uncontrollables are. When you think about performance standards, you are specifically addressing what you can control and how you control the controllables. The third thing that you can then clarify, and this is, sequentially like we need to go in this order purpose performance standards and then the third thing that we can address is the desired outcome what is the goal what is the quote-unquote finish line that you are working toward and when you can clarify those three things it, it it allows you to have greater vision and purpose toward the actions that you're taking every day don't lose sight of why you're doing the little things. And when you can emphasize the little things and you can take pride in those little things, it allows you to combat those feelings of burnout that are very common in hardworking people. Yeah. I mean, running should make us happy, right? It should make us feel strong and empowered. And it doesn't have to be about PRs and medals and racing and you know, um, the comparison trap that we can fall into with Strava, like, or even, you know, if you're running with a team on Sunday, like comparing yourself to those people, like, or, you know, running any race. Um, so know that, you know, kind of drop into your heart of like, why you love this sport so much, what it gives to you, how it fills your cup, um, you know, invitation to take the watch off too, and see if like, running you know they call it running naked like take the Garmin or the Coros or the Apple watch off and like you know run with your phone if you feel if you still want to have some sort of technology with you for safety reasons but like lean into that too and see if that brings you more joy um, because a lot of times you know we can kind of fall into traps of 
you know, the data, the data trap with the Garmin or with the smartwatch that we don't even know is really happening. So invitation to do that as well. And like at the end of the day, I know we're all human. We're all trying to do our best. Like you are enough just the way you are, um, whether you're running one day a week, one day a month, six days a week, eight times a week, whatever that looks like, you matter and you're amazing. Yeah. Love it. Love, love this discussion today. I think it's important for us to all understand like what burnout it is. It's a real thing. Um, but it's also not something to quickly fall back on. It's something that you should look out for the signs of and be able to work against, apply pressure against, as opposed to simply falling victim to the burnout. So we hope that you enjoyed this episode. We publish a new episode every single Thursday. We are really excited. We're actually getting, this is episode 51. uh, So you would assume that next week being episode 52 is like our year anniversary. It's it's in a few (laughs) weeks, but we've had a few weeks there. We've had a few weeks there where, where we've published uh, two podcasts and we, we may, um, you know, we may celebrate our birthday a little bit early with episode 52 next week. We'll see. But we thank Why you for that? joining us. New episodes every single <laughs> Thursday. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast. And if you enjoy it, leave a review or share it with a friend. If you would like to connect with us on social media, you can find me on Instagram at Austin Myers 12. And Sarah, where can they connect with you and the Elevate Your Running brand? Yeah, on Instagram and Twitter at Sarah, S-A-Y-R-A-H Runs Happy and at Elevate Your Running. Thank you everyone for listening this week. We love and appreciate you so much. And we hope that you are running happy and strong this week. We'll see you next time.